Eagles Entertainment. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another day and the Pats came on today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 394. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with Ben Fennell and Chris McPherson about our takeaways from Tuesday's practice as yes, the Eagles were in full pads for the first time here in the 2022 season. What were the biggest takeaways from practice? Well, we're going to get into that right at the top of the show. But before we get there, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, make sure you head on over to our Apple Podcast page or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us a rating. Anywhere that you can leave us that rating, we really appreciate the support. If you've got a question, we will answer it. You just go over to the comment box. You leave your question in there. We will answer it here on an upcoming episode. Also, while you're over there, make sure you subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Myself, Ben Fennell, Dane Brugler, we are already getting you ready for the 2022 college football season and for the 2023 NFL Draft, which obviously is going to be big for not just the Eagles, but for every a bunch of teams around the NFL, a lot of teams hoarding these draft picks. So if you want to know who the top prospects are around the country, make sure you go subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast wherever podcasts can be found. That said, again, we're going to return to uh, the practice field today here in South Philadelphia. Who stood out? It's time to find out in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, as we get into Chalk Talk, let's welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. C-Mac, uh, roster notes from today. We have some injury stuff. We had guys returning to the field. Uh, get us, Keep us abreast of what's happening here. All right, so the returning injuries, okay? Guys have been on the injured list the last couple of days. Grant Calcaterra with the hamstring. Zach Paschal on the sidelines. Good news, but he's still coming back from the illness, the food poisoning. Three new additions from an injury standpoint. Quez Watkins, after declaring that he's the fastest player in the NFL yesterday, he has an illness. He was on the sidelines for practice today. Cornerback Mac McCain was a rookie last season, uh, was from the Broncos, claimed off waivers, bounced between both teams during the course of the season, trying to be one of the young cornerbacks to make the roster this year. He has a knee injury. And Greg Ward, the veteran slot, he has a toe injury. So he was sidelined today as well. So all in all, still Eagles still in very good shape as they put on the pads. We'll see what happened after today. I know Isaac Sayamalo left the team period late in practice. Sua Opeta replaced him at right guard. So that's the one note from during practice. But overall, Eagles still looking very good from an injury standpoint. I know Devontae Smith left the field briefly. He returned. Yep. Uh, I know and Milton Williams returned to the field today. Saw, he was back full part. He was a full participant. Yesterday. He was yep. limited yesterday. So the Devontae Smith thing was funny because I'm watching – O-line, D-line, one-on-ones with another reporter, Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philly. And literally, I see Devontae Smith and trainer walk off the field. And then, like, two minutes later, like, came back the other way. And Dave Zangaro was like, did you see Devontae? I was like, I saw him leave the field like five five minutes ago. I'm like, you are locked in on these O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. But thankfully, he was back on the field, participating in team drills, was 
good to go after yeah, that. Yeah, he finished practice, no problem. Uh, ben, pads back on today, and the uh, Mother Nature was feeling it because it was hot, it was sticky, it was like a perfect day for the pads to come back on. You know the players uh, were feeling it, and the coaches, uh, they threw these guys right into the fire because we had a live-ish period right down on the goal line. Uh, some guys going to the ground. It wasn't full tackle, but uh, you saw a, you know, a pretty intense period to start off practice. Well, it felt like a real day at camp. Yesterday was cool and overcast. It was a little a little bit of a country club kind of practice. Today was hot. The sun was barren. The humidity. The pads were on. Pads were popping. It was competitive out there. A little frustrating at times with that heat mixed in. And that red zone period was intense right away. I think they put the ball on the two or the three yard line immediately. And if they weren't going to the ground, those red zone plays happened quick. And a lot of them ended up on the ground there yep. because they were uh, definitely colliding and uh, thudding, as we like to say. But uh, I think my play of the day came out of that session. I believe it was the second play. And it was kind of a creative concept. I blinked for a second. I saw A.J. Brown out wide. The next thing you know, he's taking a handoff in the backfield and continued laterally for a little touchdown, kind of a jet sweep on the goal line action. I think there might have been a run action or something as well to get them from one side of the formation to the other there. But again, creative usage, creative you know schemes in this offense, and A.J. Brown, creative alignments and creative ways to get them the ball. Uh, that red zone session, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think, and you made a note in your practice notes, which you can check out on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Uh, some young players uh, that caught some praise there from the defensive coaching staff, uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu, uh, who's gotten some run uh, so far through training camp. We're working working in there with the first and second team unit, uh, both as a like a four eye technique, but also as a nose tackle. And then Jimmy Moreland, uh, who the team acquired uh, this summer, also catching praise at the end of the drill as well. Yeah, Jimmy Moreland played uh, some really good football for James Madison and was a uh, highly coveted draft pick by the Washington football team just yep. a few years ago bounced around he had a really nice play on a third down situation where they used that early uh, pre-snap motion and he had to chase his defender across the field a concept we're seeing a lot in the NFL almost a quick screen using that motion as you're seeing motion more on the offense now the defense better prepared for it Moreland flew across the field and really cut off that receiver uh, before he was able to be an open target for the quarterback. He had to go elsewhere. So nice little play away from the ball there. Yeah, Jimmy Moreland's had some nice flashes yeah. uh, so far for the start. And Tui Peloto, I think you know what you're getting from him on a down-to-down basis. Really good get-off, stout, you know, consistent hand placement inside. He's going to kind of stack and shed you. Let's see if he can get up the field and contribute into those sub-packages. No, that's a really, really good point. Mm -hmm. uh, before practice started, C-Mac, uh, uh, Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator, met the media. And I know uh, a lot of questions centered around Jalen Hurts and the passing game. Of Some course. of the stuff we talked about yesterday here on the show, but uh, just big takeaways from Shane Steichen's presser. Well, it's good to have another perspective, a follow-up perspective. And quite honestly, Steichen was echoing a lot of what Sirianni said. Now, we've talked about this on the podcast when a player like Jalen Hurts goes into practice, should he be saying, all right, maybe this is not what I would do in a game, but let me see if I can do it in a practice situation. Coach Psycho was like, no, 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 no. Treat this like a game situation. So we, we talked about the one interception where Jalen Hurts rolled to his left, threw across his body, and led to an interception earlier in camp. Psycho was like, no, you need to throw it away, live another down. Like, let's whatever we're going to do on game day, Let's do it here in practice. I want to treat them the same so you're not taking bad habits and carrying them over to game day. So interesting perspective there from the offensive coordinator. Other things uh, that he touched on, that was really the big one for me. You know, we talk about Jalen Hurts, and he's such a unique quarterback. So one of the other things that Psycho talked about was how do we get him 
work on off-schedule plays. And he said that some of those are going to come naturally throughout the course of practice where you'll have plays like, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, there was a defensive offsides and Jalen Hurts was able to take advantage. I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up after you said this. Go yeah. Um, you know, or just times where, look, the pressure gets in quick and Hurts yep. is going to use his legs to make plays. Sure. But there are situations where Steichen wants to practice them so that the guys know the rules. Guys know what to do in an emergency, or emergency situation where the play breaks down because that's – that's going to happen on Sundays. It's yeah. going to happen in the NFL. Some of the great plays that we see week in and week out are plays that, quite honestly, are broken plays that was just an amazing, you know, athleticism, um, instinct by the quarterback to be able to get free and to find an open player down the field. So you try to work it in as much as you can. But Jalen Hurts, you know, he's just so unique because he's the first quarterback in NFL history to have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards before his 20th start. His 20th start, in fact, will be week one, scheduled to be week one against Detroit. So a very unique quarterback that you have here. But uh, that was really the big takeaway from Shane Steichen. And Jalen Hurts spoke after practice, um, you know, kind of just reiterating the building the chemistry with the receivers, building the chemistry with A.J. Brown. Th those were really the big topics, uh, bigger, biggest thing for him. He looks bigger out on the field, but he says he's still around 220. The big difference for him, he's eating cleaner. He had to give up lemonade. That was the one weakness. He had to find a healthy alternative. But uh, just trying to give himself the best opportunity to maximize the potential that he has going into this 2022 season. I mean, sticking on the, the theme, you alluded to the one play where the, the defense jump, jumps offside, so it's a broken play, uh, a free play for the offense, and Jalen Hurts steps up, and he rifles this ball right at us on the sideline, uh, right where the uh, the reporters were standing, and the, uh, the it was intended for Jalen Rager. He like snuck this right, threaded the needle right past the ear hole of the corner in coverage. I haven't even see, didn't even see who the corner was. It was Bradbury. It was Bradbury. He snuck it right past uh, Bradbury's ear hole, put it right on Jalen Rager, and Rager plucked it out of the air for a first down. It was an awesome second reaction play. But then also uh, later in practice, it was like shortly afterwards. Um, one of my favorite plays from the entire day. Jalen found A.J. Brown on a short crossing route. Now, uh, there was a blitz on the play. It was Avante Maddox and another defender from that side. I was standing next to um, uh, the, the takesman himself, uh, Bo Wolf. Uh, we were watching it, and you could see the blitz happening. We had perfect sight line. So you see Avante and the linebacker uh, go off of the, uh, the, the left side right in front of Jalen off his left. Jalen found A.J. Brown on the crossing route right where the defenders had blitzed from. So it was a really good play recognition uh, from Jalen Hurts, un understanding where to go uh, with the football and getting it out before the blitz got there. And I did my <clears throat> excuse me, my practice technique of watching a particular player. Yep. I just happened to watch Gainwell on that play. Okay. That was actually a screen pass, and the offensive line was breaking out. And it's really interesting discussion, especially when you start talking about player evaluators and things like that. They want to see when things go wrong. Yep. When the picture is perfect, it's a little easy. When the blocking is perfect, you know, running back's life is easy. You want to evaluate when he has to get rid of some, out of some backfield trouble or read a block. And same with the quarterback. You want to see when things break down. It's going to happen. You know, an offensive lineman's going to get beat. A receiver's going to trip and fall. Yep. Maybe your tight end doesn't get off the ball with the right timing. Things go wrong. It doesn't mean you get to say, let's just play the next down. You got to see if you could still create out of it. Like you were saying, big plays in the NFL happen all the time at a structure with just little tenacity to figure it out. 
And that play there was a screen pass, slow developing. All of a sudden, two free hitters at him. He hits the receiver. That ball had no business going to. But it's just that next level of the maturation of saying, when things go wrong, can we figure it out? Yep. And I thought that was a great example of not necessarily something going wrong, but that wasn't the intent and design of the it's play. not clean. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And we have dirty plays all over the That's NFL. It. You got to keep fighting. No, no question. Um, ben, I would come back to you. Uh, we had a couple more sessions of uh, one-on-ones today. We had O-line, D-line again. We had the receivers, DB, receiver and DBs. I know both of you guys were checking out uh, the O-line, D-line as they were going head-to-head there. Yeah, really fun battle. Again, <clears throat> Lane Johnson starts the sessions off. Only two one-on-one reps this week, both against Hassan Reddick. Flawless technique today, flying out of his stance. He is just so big, so quick, so long. You better have a rush plan, a secondary rush plan, a third rush plan, maybe even be a little dirty out there to get home against Lane Johnson. He is just a house out there at right tackle. It was fun to see Jordan Davis. Used a lot of power today. You saw him kind of walk Jack Anderson back and Bill Dunkel, and then the big showdown in that one session. Jason Kelsey, Jordan Davis. We finally got our one-on-one matchup, 360 against an undersized center. Jason Kelsey held, held his own out there. Yep. Technically sound with a wide base, hands inside, just kept hopping around and staying between him and the quarterback. Now, Jordan Davis might have 70 pounds on him. To get underneath a smaller Jason Kelsey and really use that proper leverage, that's a tough assignment. Jordan Davis's pad level and size works against them in that regard. So can walk back some guys, still learning against the wily old veteran and Jason Kelsey out there. A couple other fun reps, seeing Isaac against Fletcher Cox, Landon Dickerson against Javon Hargrave. Hargrave looked good. That's just iron sharpening iron type of matchups out there. They each kind of won some aspects of the rep, lost some aspects. And a young guy had a nice day, Josh Sills. Hmm. Very experienced player, played a lot of ball at West Virginia, transferred over to Oklahoma State for, I think, his final two years. Over 3,000 snaps played, a variety of positions. He's seen a lot of football, and his pass protection was pretty solid today. I thought he did a really good job, light feet out there. Toward the end of the drill, we saw some two-on-two rushes. Yes, a couple stunts games, yep. Yeah, which is really important because, okay, you're bringing in guys like Hassan Reddick. Well, Mm -hmm. how are they going to rush together? And same for the offensive line. How are they going to communicate and work well together? So you see groups like Kelsey, who you mentioned before, was outstanding on that rep against Davis. He pairs with Lana Dickerson. They won their rep very easily. You could tell the chemistry there. Very cohesive. They mirrored the pass rush perfectly. Some of the other ones, when you see, the, what was the one rep? It was uh, Josh Wett and Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm. They won theirs very mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Okay, when you see two Pro Bowl rushers coming at you and being able, not knowing which one's going to go which way. So that's also very important to see how, from the offensive line standpoint, how they're going to communicate. And even for the pass rushers, they have to learn how – each other rushes differently to be able to most effectively get to the quarterback. And then just for me, while that was happening, there was seven on seven, uh, but earlier in the day, they also had the receiver DB one-on-ones. And, uh, you know, Ben, we've talked every day about just the, the spirited battles between the receivers and the, the corners, and that continued. Now, they switched up some matchups today where we had typically seen A.J. Brown and James Bradbury, then we see Devontae Smith and, and Darius Slay. Well, they swapped it up. So we saw Devontae Smith going up against Bradbury. First pass of the, of the one-on-ones, uh, Devontae flies by Bradbury, deep ball, that would have been a touchdown. Uh, a couple plays later, A.J. Brown versus Slay. 
you can see it was really physical throughout the rep, and A.J. Brown kind of using that physicality. He pulls it. It was a perfect throw from Jalen Hurts over the shoulder where only he could get it. Slay was in position to defend. If it was even just slightly underthrown, uh, Slay's getting a hand on that ball. But A.J. was able to look it in over the shoulder. Slight bobble, but kept both feet in uh, for the catch downfield. So both guys making some big plays uh, in that drill. A couple other nice catches as well. Uh, Jalen Rager's guy that really stood out. He had some really good flashes, I thought, uh, here today. No Quez Watkins, as you mentioned, C-Max. So Jalen Rager getting reps with the first team. Uh, he had a nice catch in one-on-ones, but uh, the first play of one of the team periods towards the end of practice one of the, I mean, one of the biggest plays of camp in terms of uh, just distance. We haven't seen a lot of the vertical throws. I know, Ben, you made that point uh, in taking your notes, was that uh, Jalen Rager, he ran a corner post route, double move to the post, wide open, would have been a touchdown. Cooked just, the corner. Yeah, I, don't, I forget who the corner was in coverage, but uh, Rager did an outstanding job on that route. It was against the second team, uh, and he also had that, that play that we talked about earlier, the one that uh, Hurts kind of snuck that throw in there. So uh, Jalen Rager uh, flashing on Tuesday as Minshew well. Minshew dropped one in the bucket to him, too, down the, deep down the right Yeah, on the right line. side. To be honest with you, I don't know if that was one-on-one or seven-on-sevens. I was watching some O-line, D-lines. <laughs> so I don't know what was going on. I think on that, was I mean, the, that was seven-on-seven. Seven, and yeah. look, it was a few reps after that A.J. Brown one in that same spot. So yep. Jalen Rieger, a couple of nice plays, and a lot of them down the field. So definitely showing off the tracking ability, the speed, uh, and getting on top of the defense. He's yeah. got a battle. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. here fighting for a spot. That's it. Okay? I mean, you look at who the top three guys going into camp are, and the Eagles have not been shy about declaring that it's Brown, Devonta Smith, and Quez Watkins. Mm-hmm. All right, well, where does a former first-round pick come into the mix? He's got to show that he's willing to work his way back up the depth chart. Nothing's going to be given to him. It's interesting because – Brandon Graham spoke after practice, and he was asked about getting some reps with a second team. And BG's like, I understand. I'm 34. I'm the elder statesman here, the longest-tenured athlete. I need to, you know, they want to see the young guys develop. But also, I'm comfortable in my spot, all right? When I'm on the field, I'm going to make my plays. I don't care if it's first team, second team. He joked, they haven't done third team to me yet. But (laughs) but if if they do at some point, you know, I'll do it with a smile. I'll bring the energy. I'll bring the juice. And, you know, his whole thing is he, he wants to win. He's at that point in his career where he's been to the highest of the highs. And like Rager, their careers, you know, start off very similarly. You know, Graham's seen the lowest of the lows. Okay? He wants to ride out into the sunset being in the highest. Now, he did say he wants to get to 15 years as an eagle. That would, he would need to get to through 2024 to reach that point. Yep. So fingers crossed there uh, for good old BG. And you have to imagine it's a similar sentiment for, you know, Derek Barnett, former first-round pick. He's been running with the twos pretty consistently. He seems okay with that. You know, can compete when you can to be out there. He knows there's going to be three, four, maybe five defensive end outside linebackers on this roster. But you can't play them all at the same uh, time. Right. You know, and same thing with an Andre Dillard. You know, it's okay that he's the backup. How many times have we had offensive line injuries on this team the past few years and across this league? Do your job, you know, wherever you get opportunities, look good, and then you just earn that next opportunity and the next one and the next one and be okay with yourself and where you are. And I sure. think there's a lot of guys like that that are really comfortable with themselves. Dillard looks stronger. Yeah. I would say he looks stronger yeah. in his camp. And honestly, so. seeing guys like BG on the second unit and then, you know, Dillard's on the second unit, Barnett's on the second unit, they look at BG and say, we have a stud, you know, future Eagle Hall of Famer sitting here on the second unit with us. Who am I to complain? You know, you kind of have to know your place and be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, any other notes from uh, post-practice press conferences there, uh, C-Mac? So, Tracy Rocker, defensive line coach, okay. spoke to the media, and he didn't give effusive praise about Jordan Davis, which isn't surprising. It's interesting because you look at Rocker's past, and he's one of the greatest college defensive linemen of all time. 
He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's in, I think, the Atlanta Hall of Fame. He's in the Alabama Hall of Fame, having played at, you know, um, at Auburn. Um, I mean, he was a former third-round pick. He, he had an, an illustrious career. He was the first SEC player to win, what was it, the, the Lombardi and the Outland mm. wow. in the same year. I mean, the guy's had a heck of a career. So, you know, he's not going to be the one who's just doling out. You know, we, we talked about that with Stoutland. You know, for Stoutland to say it's a good rep, it's got to be a good, a good rep. rep right. Rocker's not just going to throw bouquets at his first-round pick just because he's coming in with all the hype. Uh, Davion Taylor talked about coming back from the knee injury that sidelined him last year. Originally didn't think it was going to be season-ending, but after going through the exams, realized that just, there was no way he was going to be able to get his way back on the field. And it was tough for him because he was starting to make plays on the field. You could start seeing that he was turning the corner. So he knew he would come back. He knew he was going to be able to compete. Now there are some new faces, obviously, in that linebacker room with Kaiser White and Hassan Reddick, and he's got to work his way for playing time. But, you know, he's embraced the challenge. He's continued to put his nose down and continue to work, and he's going to hopefully that the athleticism that made him a third-round pick now paired with understanding the games, games starting to slow down, you'll be able to see that talent shine on the field. Yeah, it's a uh, – it's – when you look at Davion Taylor and just that linebacker picture in general, I mean, we've talked about so many of these names. You know, T.J. Edwards flashing every day. Uh, obviously, Nicobe Dean having a, a spot on this roster. You look at Davion Taylor. Uh, you look at some of the other guys as you keep going down the depth chart. Sean Bradley, uh, Kaiser White, obviously, coming over in free agency. It's a, a really competitive room. It's going to be fun to watch it play out over three preseason games, certainly when the joint practices start in a couple weeks and you start to see more of these uh, competitive periods, and we'll see who continues to flash. Jacoby Stevens uh, making some plays in camp as well. So, um, yeah. It's, a, it's going to be a really interesting position battle uh, throughout the course of the rest of the summer. But, uh, guys, I think that'll do it. Uh, plenty to cover here today. The Eagles have a walkthrough on Wednesday, so we will not have a podcast on Wednesday. We will return on Thursday for another practice before the Eagles have uh, a day off before the weekend. So make sure you stay subscribed right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast feed. Before we bounce, really quick, quick want to give a shout-out to uh, young Ethan Ellis, who came over, a longtime listener of the podcast. Him and his father said they listened together, uh, and he had a great question about the Eagles and their defensive scheme in the playoff game. So I wanted to implore any listeners, if, you, if you're here for training camp, pop by. Make sure you, uh, you know, pop by and, uh, and say, say hello. So Ethan, uh, make, best of luck. He had a, a broken arm, so hope, hope the arm uh, gets better. Heard it, Did uh, you sign it? Soccer. No, we weren't doing a uh, signing session. No autographs. Jeez. No, but it, it was uh, outstanding uh, getting to meet Ethan. So uh, best of luck out there to Ethan. Thanks for saying Good hello. Good luck in your rehab, Ethan. Can't yeah. meet the club in the tub. So <laughs> get yourself healthy out there, get back on the field. Yeah, right? He's on the pup list right now to right. start things off. <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, awesome to catch up with Ethan. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll do it here for us on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Again, we will be back on Thursday for another uh, edition, another day of Eagles training camp practice.